Despite impacting more than 190 million women worldwide, endometriosis is poorly understood and underdiagnosed. It takes an average of seven and a half years for someone to get a diagnosis. In this second episode of a three-part series, we explain why endometriosis is so hard to diagnose. Even the experts don't know what causes it. Endometriosis is a chronic disease associated with a variety of symptoms. These may include severe pain during periods, sexual intercourse, bowel movements, bloating, nausea, and fatigue, sometimes also depression, anxiety, and infertility. This broad range of symptoms means that healthcare workers and people suffering from the symptoms don't easily identify endometriosis as a possible cause. That can result in a lengthy delay between the onset of symptoms and diagnosis, as endometriosis specialist Alex Ares explains. There is definitely some doctors that are not familiar and don't think about it. But the other problem is that sometimes the symptoms are not uh, very specific. So it's very common for women to have pain with their periods and not necessarily have endometriosis. So it's not wrong to try medication to see if you can improve the symptoms before actually having the laparoscopy. So it's a combination of some doctors not having experience, some of the symptoms not being very specific, some other conditions that are not endometriosis having similar symptoms. So it can take a while for the whole process to go through. And unfortunately, they still need to see a specialist. Like if you get a referral to see a gynecology in a public hospital, it can take a year or two just to have the first appointment. So it's not uncommon to take a few years before having a definitive diagnosis. This difficulty diagnosing endometriosis is also partly due to doctors and patients considering period pain to be normal. So patients who could benefit from getting medical management are not always given appropriate treatment. According to Alexis Wolf from Endometriosis Australia, the situation is improving. We're getting better at diagnosing endometriosis. I would like to say that in Australia, we are down to six and a half years to diagnosis. That is still incredibly long, but it is down from 10 to 12 years, which was what it was being reported a few years ago. One of the primary reasons that we find that people are not diagnosed in the very early stages is the idea that pain and menstruation is just a fact of life. Pain has been normalized and we need to ensure that patients realize that pain that is debilitating, that stops you from living your life, is not normal. So we need people to go and see their GP, talk about their symptoms and be persistent with their GP in finding a solution. There's a lot of very stoic women who just think that this is their luck in life and they don't seek out support. Uh, When they do seek out support, perhaps their GP is not informed enough about endometriosis and connecting the dots of the symptoms. So it can be very challenging for an individual to get that diagnosis. And it's a true testament to an individual and their persistence for their ability to continue to advocate for themselves to make sure that they get the answers that they need for their symptoms. Diagnosis is made even more difficult by our ignorance of what causes endometriosis. The exact origins of the disease are thought to have several factors. Many hypotheses have been proposed, but so far none have been proven. It is the million-dollar question, but we don't know what causes endometriosis. We have got a long way to go in terms of research, and there are developments in terms of what that could actually be leading to. 
But at this stage, the cause is unknown and we also still do not have a cure. Even though the causes of endometriosis remain unknown, it is certain that taboos and a lack of support can lead to emotional distress for patients like Kate Saggers. I guess when I started having intercourse, that's when I started having a lot more issues and just the pain and bleeding from that, which is just a delightful thing to try to talk about. I felt embarrassed and I didn't really want to talk to my friends about it because it's not something which people discuss and it's not a normal topic to be like, oh yeah, I had sex and there's just tons and tons of blood pouring out of me. So I think because of that, I know that I didn't actually talk to my friends necessarily about it. I talked to mum a little bit about it, but obviously didn't really want to go into details with her about the fact that like I was having sex with someone. Michael Cooper, head of gynaecology at St Luke's Hospital, does see this changing slowly as awareness of the disease improves. It's been a disease that's involved women, that has involved sort of sex and fertility. For many reasons, that's not a conversation that a lot of people have wanted to have. And for lots of reasons, you know, in modern times with social media and the like, it's become much more easy to talk about. In the first part of this series, we learned that endometriosis is usually classified in stages from minimal to severe. The gold standard for getting a definite diagnosis is by having a laparoscopy. There are a few ways of making the diagnosis, but what we consider, you know, the definitive diagnosis is to actually have a laparoscopy, which is a small surgical procedure when you put a camera inside the abdomen and the pelvis to look around so we can visually diagnose endometriosis but then we actually excise the endometriosis, send to the pathologist to look under the microscope. They show endometrial cells, and that's the definitive diagnosis. Not everyone needs a laparoscopy. Depending on the level of endometriosis, sometimes there's some imaging modalities can make the diagnosis as well, ultrasound being a very good one, and MRI being the other one. Based on symptoms, we can suspect endometriosis, but you don't really make a definitive diagnosis until uh, you've had a laparoscopy. Sometimes an official diagnosis may not be necessary. For some people, it doesn't matter whether you diagnose it or not. If someone's sort of, say, 16, 18, 19, or 20, even 22, they may have had painful periods for quite some time. If you can control it with, with, with mimicking a pregnancy by, for example, using a contraceptive pill and their scan's normal, then you don't necessarily need to do anything. So you haven't diagnosed it, time's going on. But, uh, you know, it may not be um, into a a great, uh, it may not assist the situation. Another aspect of endometriosis that remains unclear is whether the disease is hereditary or not. Early research suggests that it does appear to cluster in families, but it is unlikely that genetics are the only risk factor. For Kate, diagnosis took eight years, even though her mum also suffers from endometriosis. It was when she was probably 17, she was really, really suffering with it all and went to like multiple different specialists and stuff like that. And this is obviously back 30 years ago. And the doctors told her that it was psychological and that she was making it up and it was all in her head and it wasn't a physical pain at all. And she was like, no, no, this is not right at all. This is like actually happening to me. So it took her, again, multiple attempts to go to different doctors to try and find out what's happening. A generation later, with scientific advances, better awareness and education, Kate's path to diagnose endometriosis was still challenging. And even when you do go to different doctors, you get told, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. This is my body. I'm telling you how I'm feeling and thinking. 
And they're just like, no, no, that's wrong. When I moved down here, I saw a male gynecologist. John explained to him the period pain and the cramping and the bleeding and stuff like that. He's just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's normal. No, it's, it's not. It shouldn't be this painful. He wasn't really able to relate and he wasn't able to help me. And he just brushed all my comments away. Females almost like put it on themselves. You're ashamed to be in pain and that you can't go out and you can't do things. So that's kind of why you just suffer in silence with it all. Getting diagnosed may be tough but it does not mark the end of the journey. Once someone has been diagnosed, they have to find an effective treatment and learn how to live with the disease, given the fact that there is no known cure for endometriosis. In the next episode of this series, we'll hear how sufferers learn to live with endometriosis. Endometriosis.